KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. You probably heard about the Supreme Court's recent decision which allowed the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA, program to continue. Now, we wanted to learn more about this decision, about DACA, and what could be next. So we caught up with Jennifer Lee. She is a professor of law at Temple University's Beasley School of Law. Really interesting and important discussion. Give a listen. So let's kind of start at the beginning. What is DACA? How would you explain it to people? So DACA is a program that was created by the Obama administration via executive action. And so what President Obama did was he created a program that allowed people who met certain criteria to be able to remain within the United States. And I'll explain it, you know, what that means exactly in a, in a little bit. But essentially, it allowed people who, were, who had come over as youth had been in the United States for several years, at least, and had no sort of significant criminal record and were otherwise enrolled in school or in the armed services, allowed those folks to apply for something called deferred action. And when I say allowed to remain in the country, what I mean by that is DACA did not create any kind of new immigration status. So it's not like people had... Uh, lawful immigration status. Sometimes you hear of people who have green cards, for example, or something called lawful permanent residency. That's an actual kind of status that you can have. DACA didn't create that kind of status. What it did instead is it said, look, the administration is deciding that you, all these people who qualify for DACA are a very, very low priority for being deported from the United States. So what it essentially did was put people at the bottom of the list, if you could imagine a very, very long list of people, and said, you are deprioritized for being deported from the United States. And then with that status, this deferred action that they got, they then were able to get social security numbers and work authorization. So that's what the DACA program is. How many people approximately are we talking that that fit under this umbrella? It's hundreds of thousands, correct? Yes, it is. So I, I, I think overall, the number of people who've applied over the years is, so maybe don't quote me on this, but I think it's over a million folks. But as of the decision, the Migration Policy Institute had a figure in the 600,000s of the number of individuals who currently possess DACA. So take us from there to what was the argument brought before the Supreme Court that we had the recent decision on? What was, what was being argued? So the Obama administration creates DACA. All these immigrant youth go and apply and they get this, they get DACA, they get, you know, work cards. They're now able to work, attend college, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, we change presidencies and the Trump administration determines in 2017 that they want to end the program. And so they rescind the program in 2017. As you know, many, many states sued to stop the rescission of the program. And that's those are there are several lawsuits that were filed across the country and the lower courts in the federal system enjoined the Trump administration from being able to rescind the program. So it basically kept it intact. And those cases got appealed to the appellate courts. And then they finally 
made their way up to the Supreme Court. And that's the recent decision that just got rendered a couple of days ago. And that decision, what it focused on was it's actually kind of a technical and procedural decision. And so the decision was was basically focused on did the Trump administration rescind the program properly or not? And the Supreme Court said that they did not do it properly. They said the Trump administration did not follow the appropriate procedures for rescinding the program appropriately. And so as a result, they said your rescission is invalid. And so the result of the decision right now is that the Trump administration's rescission doesn't stand anymore. And so we're back to having the DACA program. And so that's what the Supreme Court decision is. This is not going to be the end of the story, though. I mean, I know the president has said he's going to pursue this again. And is this something that when we kind of boil it down, this has to be fixed by Congress? We, this has to be a legislative fix if we're going to, to move forward? Yeah, so I think that's absolutely right. So this this sort of kicks the can down the road. So it's it's a monumental decision in that it's a huge reprieve, right, for these 600,000 individuals that we talked about who've been sort of waiting and holding their breath in terms of what's going to happen to the DACA program. But ultimately, you're right, it's sort of kicking the can down the road because essentially the administration, and we don't have very much time left and we don't know what's going to happen with the election, but in theory, whatever administration is in power could follow the proper procedures and rescind this program, right? It's just that the Trump administration didn't do it back in 2017, and that's what the Supreme Court said. So you're absolutely right that in a year from now or in two years from now, whatever administration is in power could you know, dot their I's, cross their T's and, um, you know, rescind the program appropriately. And the the problem that you mentioned about Congress, I mean, when I described the program earlier, remember, it didn't create any kind of permanent immigration status, right? All it is, is telling people, look, we've deprioritized you for deportation from this country, because, you know, given the millions of immigrants here, we just don't have the resources to deport everybody. And so we're telling you that you're deprioritized. That's not a kind of permanent immigration status. It doesn't lead to anything. Um, you can have DACA status for you know years and years and years, and you still can't have any sort of pathway to citizenship. So if you want to create any kind of real immigration status, you're 100% right that that is something that Congress can only do. And so ultimately, if we're looking to have immigrant youth get some sort of pathway to citizenship. It's something that Congress will have to fix. And it's something, I mean, I've seen polls and it seems like this, the concept of DACA and what's behind it is incredibly popular and it Mm -hmm. kind of splits party lines. Like this is not on paper in polls seem like a polarizing issue. So why is this so difficult to do correctly? I think the problem is, is that, the recent attempts and and actually you know former attempts as well have failed because because every bill that's been proposed at least in in recent years has been not just a a bill for for daca youth um, and creating pathways to citizenship for them but has also included pretty harsh enforcement provisions within the bill as well Um, and so what's happened is a lot of politicians have said, yes, I can support DACA, but only if the bill is also going to include these sorts of 
increased enforcement measures or something about the border wall, et cetera. And so what's happened is that the movement of immigrant youth has, they've rejected that they want to get their status at the price of their family members and communities who then will be put under the microscope given increased enforcement um, provisions that people want to also stick in the bill. And so this has been the controversy that has stalled the passage of some pathway to citizenship for youth because the deal has consistently been, we're not just going to provide immigrant youth with pathways to citizenship. We want to also take this opportunity to up enforcement and create other harsh enforcement measures. And like I said, uh, immigrant youth know and have argued that they're not willing to sell their family members down the river, right? (laughs) Essentially to get their own status. As someone who's followed this, as someone, what do you see happening? Do you see a legislative fix in the next, I'm not going to, I don't think it happens this year because we're in election year and unfortunately where we are as a political society, nothing of any substance seems to happen in an election year. But do you see something in the next year or two that will do this properly, do right by these people, or do you think we're going to live in this limbo for the foreseeable future? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not good at reading the tea leaves, I think, in some sense, but I, I think that it's been such a battle. And I don't, I mean, again, if we have a different administration in power, maybe things will look different. But up until now, you know, I mean, the, the DREAM Act's been introduced for like decade, like over a decade, right? I mean, a long, long time ago, right? So um, this has been something that's been on the table for a very, very long time and it's never happened. And I'm not saying that means that it can't happen in the next year or two, but I think the problem is, is that there just hasn't been the kind of compromise legislation that everybody can swallow that's been able to, you know, get through Congress. And so, you know, I think we're going to just continue to see this, this sort of, you know, co- like conflict between sides of, of folks saying, even if we believe in DACA, we, we need to crack down on immigration for all these various reasons. And I think that that just is going to create a standstill in Congress. So, you know, if anything, in some ways, if the rescission had gone through and DACA, the DACA program was over, um, that might have created more of an impetus in some sense to get something enacted more quickly but, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the upcoming election, etc. So maybe things will change. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.